Everything sucks. Just kidding. Everything is great. No, really, I haven't thought about my ex today. Oh wait, fuck, I just did. But I went. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Bad Weather Podcast. This is episode number four. Brian, you just like jump back. I dropped something on the table, like really loud. Did you hear it? Is this a metaphor? Is it a metaphor or is this a real, you really actually dropped a physical object? No, I'm not at prime. Was it a ball? Did you drop the ball? I, uh, <laughs> literally, but not metaphorically. Did you drop um, the hammer? I'm, I did within the last 24 hours, but right now I'm just running on fumes. So it's really good to be here though. <laughs> Even though he's running on fumes, folks, keep listening because Brian will drop the mic at some point this episode. We've got lots of things to <laughs> there, drop. There will be things dropped, I'm certain. He might even drop some go. Jupiter in your hair. Hey, 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 hey. There you go. Hey, 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 hey. Love it. By the way, I am one of the hosts, J.P. Hurley. Joining me, the guy that's dropping lots of things, dropping it like it's hot, Brian burns everyone's favorite therapist brian you didn't cut me off that time when i was introducing you so congratulations i like listening to your voice it's mesmerizing so it's <laughs> just like i get seduced another really good sounding voice john athin miller this is the sound of my voice it has changed i think uh there's something going on there excuse me sorry this is the sound of my voice that's the mm, sound of your voice there you that's are. what i was looking for i love it you guys, thank you for joining us for another episode. Uh, this, By the way, this podcast is dedicated for men. If you're just joining us and you haven't listened to the previous ones, I would suggest going back and listening to them because they're kind of going to be uh, some continuity with some of these. We're going to try to arrange them in an order that's most beneficial for you for the difficult times you're facing in your lives. It's kind of dedicated towards men specifically. Uh, but, hey, if there's a bunch of ladies out there listening, hey, we're not going to – we're not going to – tell you to sign off are we little are we, maybe something we will. for the ladies no this is an inclusive inclusive recording we all are welcome Amen. all inclusive geared towards men go ahead and listen ladies uh well maybe i'll say lady right because then we start with one guy as our listener jim mm-hmm. so what's the name of the lady it's his wife she's pissed kim jim and kim, <laughs> jim and kim. <laughs> mm-hmm. sorry jim. kim <laughs> Kim's here just because she wants to know how men think. She thinks yeah. we might have a clue. I probably disappoint her. And, and Kim has always wanted a sequel to the Mel Gibson movie, What Women Want. She wants the What Men Want, so she can kind of have some insight to what they, guys are thinking. And didn't they make that? Aren't they making that? Oh, I don't. I, I never saw that. I never saw that it was being made. Maybe it's well, like straight. Well, to Kim, we are going to do our best to give you good information so you can understand how men think because it is important it will help you with jim thank you mm-hmm. for listening kim uh despite the fun light-hearted banter we do have some serious stuff to cover this one is uh entitled triage 2 i'm not sure if you guys remember for the, the first podcast i'm talking to you guys the hosts um our first podcast our first like uh outside of the introduction podcast the topic was triage and it was kind of like this is what you should be doing when you first find out that the proverbial shit has hit the fan. And I think we, here we go with the curse words again, uh, John. You don't 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 worry about editing them this time. We'll just we'll just go with it. Thank heavens. But when the when the proverbial shit hits the fan, this is the things like right in that moment that you should probably be focusing on. Now we kind of want to revisit that and talk about it's a, a couple of weeks removed. Your brain is in a spot where you're actually able to take action and uh, put them some things in motion. Um, and, and fix yourself. Um, so this, this is kind of what this episode's geared towards, triage two. I did want to throw it over to the co-hosts too, John, Brian. If you guys want to um, add some words to set this one up in your own words, go right ahead. John, starting first. Sure. Uh, let's see. I think, <clears throat> excuse me, I think when we last talked triage, and I think it was actually episode number two, but it, it, was, it was funny we were talking about number two and being on mm-hmm. the episode of number two. Um, I think... S- so, yeah, I think you've set it up pretty well. You're talking about getting, just figuring out, like, breathing, uh, walking, eating, getting getting some water in your system and figuring out how to sleep at first. And then after you've got a couple of days of that under your belt or a week or however, maybe a year and a half for some of us, um, you uh, can start making some forward progress on a few other more complex tasks. And I think this will be, be good to talk about... Um, more 
things you can apply yourself and uh, and kind of move move down the road. Um, and maybe we'll let Brian f- uh, add to that, but I have a couple of ideas. Yeah, I, I went uh, back and listened to that, uh, and I, th- I thought we did a good job of covering the, I mean, there's the top five uh, for coping strategies when you're going through a crisis. Sleep, calories, um, movement, talking to people, and shoot what's that meditation mm-hmm. those are the top five and we hit them so i was pretty pleased with that love it just uh, nothing but the meat the top five right there i love it so maybe we can like start um and i kind of want this to be more of like a round robin type of thing around the horn so feel free to like jump in at any point and weigh in on any of these things that we bring up maybe um i'll start off and, and john i think you have quite a few things prepared you said you've got some um documents and books and resource recommendations. I think that's perfect. Um, for me, I'm a big note taker. So when it was probably like a couple of weeks removed, just like I said, uh, during the introduction, when it's a couple of weeks removed from when, uh, the shit hit the fan, we should come up with like a code, a code name for that, by the way, like what's our version when the, when the bad weather approached, I don't know. No, I like, um, you know, when like a major explosion happens or something and it's like D or like D day or like it's, it's, uh, you count the time down by like, you know, there's like pre nine eleven and post nine yeah. eleven, whatever that is. That's like the inception point or the event horizon or uh zero day, zero, zero hour. <laughs> there's gotta be something. Yeah. There, there's, right? there's something there. Yeah, there's definitely something there. We're going to have to – we'll noodle that for a while. Let it marinate. We'll figure something out, something clever. Yeah. Um, but anyway, when I was um, kind of like a little bit removed from that and I was able to kind of like settle myself and think about what types of things could work for me, one of the weirdest things that kind of helped me out the most was um, I'm a big like note taker and list maker, and I have about um, several dozen email drafts. I know that's very strange in my phone. And whenever I, I was like – um, like Brian mentioned, sleep is super important in those early stages and e- even in the later stages too. But whenever I had difficulty settling my mind, I would just put it all out in an email or like a note, whatever you got. And and I always had to have it on my phone um, so that, that way I can take a look at it if it was something I wanted to review again. But I would have these paragraphs upon paragraphs. I have entire books inside email drafts that just kind of like dump all my thoughts out. And I feel like once I've quote unquote written them down, um, they've kind of made their way out of my head. And I found that to be very medicinal for myself early on to just rest my brain, not only for sleep, but even like during the day um, when I kind of wanted to just have some peace. And that was really important. So I'm going to leave it at that one. And then we'll just keep continuing going around the horn, I think. Yeah. Talk about that, Brian, because the first thing on my list was journaling. And it's exactly what you're talking about, um, JP. Like you you write it down. I, I journal on pieces of paper like an old man, but um, you put it down in like a physical form. And for me, I can let it go at that point. What, what's that? What is that, Brian? Yeah, I think there's like there's two angles to look at that. There's what you said, that getting thoughts outside of your body is is just really um useful they spin around inside of your head until i mean you, like not literally but actually but literally and and getting them out um releases it that and so you can do that via talking to someone or talking to yourself or writing it down uh these are just different mediums or different ways to get what's on the inside on the outside a metaphor for this that i really like i think this came from addiction work that Um, whatever you keep inside in the dark, just like an old, um, wet, damp blanket in the basement grows mold. When you let it out into the sun, it, it dries out, it becomes purified and new. Um, and so the thoughts and feelings are are the same thing, like letting them on the outside in whatever form you can. Ideally, all of the above is healthy. That's really good. Um. I think it's it, it can be hard to have like the presence of mind to even realize that you're like ruminating on things, and I think maybe it's important to have like a schedule. Like JP, I think you you maybe do or don't have a schedule, but I think you were pretty diligent about journaling and writing emails. Maybe you felt like you had to, and maybe you had a time set aside to do it. But I think maybe just having like a regular schedule of like I'm just going to write whatever's on my head, so that you don't even have to have like the self actualization or presence of mind to know like gee I'm really ruminating on this 
this thing. You just go like, I'm writing down whatever well, it is in my head when I wake up at 6.30 or whatever. Well, an, another another um, good reason to actually write things down instead of just talk is seeing it on, on, on the paper in front of you, you begin to analyze it and you begin to have thoughts about what's written and you're you're taking stock of okay is this helpful is this is this useful or is this just bs that my you know grieving in pain hurting self is is putting out into the world which is fine that it is but recognizing where it belongs is helpful yeah and i want to just like uh take this two levels deeper for our listeners number one Mm. i want to give a recommendation so like uh, on the journaling side and kind of talking in the pocket of what john was saying about um giving yourself like a set time time aside to journal um i have i use the dalio app d-a-i-l-i-o dalio john i'm not sure what you use but i love it because it kind of like it forces you to choose like an emoji on how you're feeling that day like if you're happy sad stuff like that and it makes it easy to kind of look back on it um, but also it does give me daily reminders to like, hey, um, you haven't written on me for a long time. And it acts, acts, acts like it's a person. So I think it's kind of funny. Uh, but it's very helpful to kind of like give you that reminder because it's not always top of mind uh, to write in a journal. Um, so that's number one. And, and before I move on to number two, John, it, was there a, uh, an app that you prefer or you wanted to recommend? Yeah, uh, I didn't have a journaling app, but I did have a... I had like a motivation app that you can create your own reminders on and you can create your own cadence on when you're going to hit those reminders. So it was like mm-hmm. every morning there was a, there was some kind of an exercise component. There was a meditate component and there was, there was a journaling one every couple of days or something. I can't remember the cadence I set on that, but then you could kind of gamify it and it would remind you if you hadn't done it. And if you were on a streak of like having worked out 12 days in a row or whatever, you would get like these little uh stickers <laughs> you know or whatever like some silly little bullshit that that makes you feel good about having done it for 14 days in a row or whatever and i can't remember what that app is called but some there's right. a there's a ton of free ones that are just like basic motivation reminder apps to set your own parameters and uh then you know stick to it of course i love silly little bullshit so i guess that'd be right up my alley <laughs> Uh, number two, the layer, the one layer deeper. Um, so I use my my Dailyo app to kind of like use as a journal, like to log like what I was feeling that day, what types of things were going on, what was happening in my life. But my email drafts were I, I kind of used as a different. I, they served a different purpose. They're meant for me to go back and revisit. Um, I guess I could make my life more simple, simplify things by having the same purpose inside my in one app. But my email drafts were like. If I felt waves of anxiety or depression, I had an email draft that was titled anxiety slash depression. I would jump into it and I would just like give, like I had reminders for myself that I would somehow forget during the day um, to, that, you know, things that helped me to think about in order to kind of like pull myself out of that. Mm-hmm. And I'll just give you an example. So I, I'd pop open this, uh, this email draft and the very first line in it, it says, JP, you're probably tired. Your mind is weak when it hasn't had enough rest. Um, you might also have had a lot of things stacked up against you at the moment. It's okay. Um, expect it and move on. So like, and, and nice. that reminded me that, and I would always, whenever I pulled this open, I'd be like, damn it, you're right. Like, you know, talking to myself, telling myself that I'm right. How uh, vain is that? Oh, like, you're right. I, I slept for like two hours last night. Yeah, that's pretty good. I slept two hours last night. My mind was like, my mind was weak. And there were like three or four things in that, in each one of those moments that I opened that up. They were kind of stacked up against me. Like I had to face, you know, two or three things really difficult that day. And that's kind of what triggered that anxiety and depression um, altogether. So that's, I, I like to use different things for different reasons, I guess. So I really you admire a, that. Oh, yeah, go ahead. I think we're going to say the same thing, actually. You're, you're so good at that, JP. I admire that about you, just being methodical about habits, uh, healthy habits like that, that, um, have really benefited. I'm sure this part of your life and others. So it's cool. I do have a kind to yourself, (laughs) like, like, uh, knowing (laughs) that, uh, Oh, I'm, I'm feeling like this because I haven't rested and to give yourself a a break and like, uh, the grace to go. I've, I've been on phone calls with you where you're like, um, this day sucked and it has to end. I'm going to bed. And you just do that. You know, that's, that's genius. I remember you saying to that to (laughs) me one night, I was like, that guy's a genius. <laughs> power, power down, rest mode. Yeah, yeah, that's fun. I, I, I don't think I've heard you talk about this, but maybe I have. 
Uh, I do the email draft as a way to, to, you know, leave notes to myself as well. And here's a funny story. Um, about a month ago, I had a draft about things to talk to my oldest daughter about who is away at college and um, just stuff that occurred to me that I didn't want to forget. Well, somehow, at some point, I addressed it to her and sent it without <laughs> at, at all filtering at all filtering it or intending to like I, I never would have sent it to her because it was for me to just have in my mind about things to bring up right well I was mortified when I realized it um, and I don't know why because in retrospect it opened up a conversation between us that was really uh, rich and I blamed it on my phone like I guess my phone decided we needed to have a real talk so <laughs> here we go that's kind of great that's kind of vulnerable and great I love that yeah, and especially yeah. I love that it worked out of course but that's pretty cool like she got to see inside what you wouldn't necessarily have told her to her face and right probably probably it was good like she yeah. probably appreciated that it's that insight it's, it's a good thing I didn't send her the one that said things I don't like about my oldest <laughs> <laughs> Just delete kidding. that one, Brian. Just, that one is not helpful. Just kidding, Emma. That one doesn't exist. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh my gosh, you, you, you guys! I want to talk about this one. So, like, in the I'm looking at this uh, depression anxiety um, d- email draft right now. And by the way, these are really interesting hmm. to look back on because, like, I would look at these things several times during the day. Here's one that I loved, and it's kind of fun to look back at some of the ones that were my favorites. Um, so there's this quote, Brian, I'm sure you've heard this before being in the line of business that you are. Um, it's from the boy, the mole, the fox and the horse. I, I, I don't know if that's a book. I think, yeah, I think it's a book. It's a um, horrible and, and dessert. I guess it's there's a this... horrible fucking dessert. That's what <laughs> it is. It's a bad, it's a bad dessert. <laughs> <laughs> it's not mole. It's mole. Yeah. Okay. Oh, there you go. <laughs> um, so the chapter in the book, the, this specific passage talks like the kids lost in the woods. He comes upon... A horse and he says to the horse he says i can't see the way through the forest says the boy and the horse says can you see your next step and the boy says yes and then the horse says just take that mm-hmm. and for me like i just had that in there and it's like i couldn't at this point especially i could not see what the future held i couldn't see like what getting better looked like or you know a year from now two years from now when when you know however long it took for me to to kind of like be you know re reborn from the ashes however you want to put it and that's that's kind of like pretty serious but um focusing on my next step like what was the next thing i was going to do and i remember like at that time i was trying to list my house for sale you know i'm like jp just get the house listed and then we'll focus on the next thing so i thought that was like really heavy for me beneficial back then so yeah i'm writing that down right now i've never heard that parable before and i love it and uh listing your house is a big step i would say like there had to be times where it was like, just take a picture of the kitchen, JP. Just walk into the kitchen and take <laughs> yeah. a picture yeah. of that. <laughs> More simple. Yep. Yeah. I that's like good. that. That's good. <clears throat> that's um, important. So that's every dr- day. Do you guys want to like? Do you guys want to drill into journaling more, or is that pretty good for that? I don't have anything else to say on it. You got anything, Brian? Um. Uh, shoot, I did have a thought, and now it completely escaped me. I'll come back to it if it if it comes I- back. I will say that I think um, it can be really hard to go back and read those again, JP, but I think uh, I think it can be important too, and it's something we talk about a lot. Um, maybe we haven't done a ton of it on the podcast yet, but we talk about doing hard things for the sake of doing hard things sometimes and like the benefit that gives you, like, like walking into hard things. Um, I think going back and looking at some of those journal entries from the early tough days is, is a hard mm-hmm. thing, but but maybe a very beneficial thing to look at. Yeah. I think that's so beneficial. That's that's how you I mean the benefit of that is is you're reprocessing those experiences with the benefit of hindsight. Yeah. And in, and that's when you can kind of I mean, you could look back on it and be like, "Oh, I was so weak and like why was I such a downer and I should have been stronger." But that wouldn't be kind at all. Um, a better approach would be, you know, think I made it like that was rough times, but, uh, it made sense that it was rough and I'm not there anymore. That's awesome. Yeah. And I would recommend, and maybe this is what I'll do for you guys. I'm going to, I'm going to list off a whole bunch of stuff and then maybe we can kind of just go into detail on some of these. And Brian, I'd be really interested to see what you have to say with some of these. And John, I know that you've got some resources. I'm sure they're going to fit into the pocket with some of these ones here. Sure. 
Um, and before I get into it, journaling super important for us. Try it for yourself. If it doesn't work, try something else. Don't force it. You know, I think that's kind of the big thing for me is in episode one, we kind of talked about how you are, your feelings and emotions are kind of like a safe and your job is to find the right combination of things to unlock like your growth and your potential. These are things that worked for us, but you have to try things and find out what works for you. And, and if it doesn't work, ditch it. Maybe come back to it later. You're just not ready for it right now, or maybe it's not going to work all together. But journaling, great. Try it. Doesn't work. Move on to the next thing. So yeah, if you're handwriting notes, great. If you're putting them in your phone, great. If you want to take mm-hmm. a voice memo and just talk at the voice memo mm-hmm. thing for half an yeah. hour, great. Fine. Whatever. Try everything. I like that. Mm-hmm. So you guys, for in the same email draft, here is a list of stuff that helped me. And I also had a list list of stuff that was that didn't help or that were, there were triggers. Um, so I'm just going to go down the list. And these are these are pretty good. Love it. Um, and see what you guys have to uh, say about them. Um, one of them is um, if I was having a bad day, um, I just remind myself to be sad, find a comfortable, quiet space, and just let myself be sad about it. If it if it's crying, or you know, crying my eyeballs out, that always helped me. Just kind of allowing myself you know, the freedom to be sad about it. Cause it, you know, the, the stuff that we are going through, it's very sad stuff. And I kind of feel like emotionally your body needs to be sad about it before it can embrace it and move forward. So that's one. Um, do you guys want to weigh in on each of these or should I just rattle them all off? I'd say just go through your, go through it. Okay. Just go. Yeah. Um, so that's the one. Number two was, uh, I I had I had what I would describe as social media anxiety. I, I I would get notifications throughout the course of any day, and it's like I would get like physical anxiety in my chest when I get a notification, wondering if it's like mm-hmm. something from my ex or you know something about my ex or a memory. Or it's it's like those that was uh really tough. So I actually I shut all shut my notifications off of my phone. I shut every one of them down and that was like super medicinal for me. I loved having that. And uh, eventually I kind of like slowly um, became reacquainted with, with those and I, you know, turned them back on and stuff eventually. But um, it was really nice to have those off for a while. I think, number two. I think that's a fantastic idea. I think that's a good idea at many times in life just to do a mm-hmm. reset or a cleanse from all that, you know, red number yeah. buttons. Um, mm-hmm. So good on you. Thank you. And number three was make a plan. So for some reason, if it was just a plan for that hour, that day, the week going forward, whenever I had a plan in place, I just felt better about the foreseeable future. So like um, write it down, journal it, um, have mm-hmm. it in your head, whatever. Making a plan was kind of a, a good one for me. Mm-hmm. Um, John, you're going to love this. This was my favorite one. So like I discovered pretty quickly in the early stages of my um, you know, we'll call it recovery because that's actually what it is. I but think that's a great word for it. Yeah, yeah. Um, that working out was like a really big silver bullet for me. In fact, I identified um, whenever I told John, I would send him a text. I'm like, "Hey, I did the trifecta today," and John knows that my trifecta is journaling, uh, working out, and meditating. So when I whenever I had a really rough day, I would do all three, and I would mention to John like, "Hey, I had a trifecta day." He's like, "Oh, what's going on?" Because it wasn't super often that I had that. Yeah. And then, like, you know, I, I guess technically the, the fourth portion of the trifecta was talking with John about it. It's like, because it's like that it, whenever I had a trifecta, it was always followed by reaching out to my buddy <laughs> and, uh, and discussing it. Um, but again, that's the whole combination unlocking your thing. So working out was uh, number four, really big one for me. Um, number five was um, identifying things to look forward to, whether it was like planning a trip. I, I had that for a while. I went to visit um, Zion National Park. It was kind of like an, a bucket list type of item. I uh, did that by myself uh, as hard as it was a solo travel. But anyway, having something to look forward to was really cool. Um, I have numbers. Was it number six? One, two, three, four, five. Six. Number six is scotch. <laughs> scotch. We have that on the don'ts list. JP, <laughs> I have that. I have them the definitely do list, um, oh. and it wasn't like something that I I didn't. I, if you if you have pretty good self control, especially around um, you know substances like that, I did find it um, very helpful. Even just like one glass um, to remove the edge and kind of just uh, let loose. I, I never had any issues like slippery. I know it's a slippery slope. Never had any issues sliding down that rabbit hole with uh, with alcohol, but scotch is definitely on there. Is 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 that called a turn down? drink have you heard that that yeah that term? it is i think the only i think the only turn up drink is tequila i think scientifically <laughs> oh. this is a science thing 
Really? It is a yeah. Wow. Yeah. I think okay. tequila tequila as an alcohol is the only upper. I yeah, think. Wow. I remember reading that somewhere. I bet that's all hogwash. I bet it's all the same. <laughs> I mean, it's uh, all hogwash the same. is also an upper. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, I love me a, ho- a hot glass of hogwash at the end of a long day. Oh, heat it up. That's brilliant. I drink my I like hot. That. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, these last three kind of go together. Um, comfort food. Mm. Um, I kind of just, you know, yeah. felt like uh, finding something familiar to eat didn't matter what it was. That was always very helpful to me. Um, and this one was really interesting too. I've talked with John a lot about this one. Familiar movies, shows, and games. Even though I stopped playing video games, I noticed like I, I used to play video games once in a while, and like when I was going through this, I completely stopped. I couldn't do it. I don't know why. Um, so familiar movies and shows was were were always a nice remedy for me, and then just being outside and having fresh air. So that's my mm-hmm. that's my list in its entirety. And I would always mm-hmm. go back through that, and I'd be like, when I'm struggling, I'd go through some of these things and try to put them into motion. So mm-hmm. go. Uh, what all those sound like to me, JP, is things you're doing for yourself. I think m- yeah. most of us have a hard time. Like at least I think the two of us anyway, and I'm sure many of us are the same. Hell, Brian, you're the same way too. It's hard to, it's hard to justify and feel good about like I'm just doing this for me, and I'm not. Nobody's paying me to do this, and this isn't for my kids, and this isn't for my job, and it's just for me. Um, Prioritizing yourself. Yeah, right. So I mean, it's it's a selfish thing to do. Right, and that's the point. In a good way. Yeah. And it's okay to feel okay about that. Like mm-hmm. like even identifying the things you like to do for you is kind of therapeutic in and of itself before you even do it. Like what do I like to do? Oh, gee, I like to read like short stories. I like to cook. I like to take a long walk. I like to go to a brewery by myself with a book and sit there and read a book and drink a beer. <clears throat> like those things are just for me. Nobody's ever going to pay me to do that. But mm-hmm. like just kind of identifying like what is it I like to do and like it's um it's indulgent to do that stuff and that's okay. That's kind of the point. Yeah. Yeah, I You want to spend all your spare change down at the arcade? Go nuts. <laughs> right. <laughs> Can't even remember the last time I thought about doing that for myself, but I <laughs> You're thinking about it now, aren't you? I bet it's fun. Yeah, like that sounds suddenly appealing. <laughs> the the thing that I want to just add on to that you said JP and those are such practical ideas I, I I mean that just stood out to me I like your record keeping talent is showcased here in in those list of practical ideas but the metaphor that I thought of when you did the parable of the mole and the horse and the boy <laughs> um, <laughs> reminded me of the metaphor of, of uh, life life moments when you feel like you're in a dark uh, prison cell that's below ground. And I think probably a, a divorce expected or unexpected is sort of like that. Like you're, you're, you're in prison, you're stuck, like you're not where you wanted to be in your life. It can feel like you're hijacked and we're put there, in fact, I suspect. But the metaphor is that there is a window um, that is, you know, those basement, you know, windows that are just above the ground, but there's no access and maybe there's bars because this is a prison. And that's where you're, you're mm-hmm. directed, like you can't help but look out towards the light. But the thing is, is that's the past. You know, that's where you, your body wants you to go. But the, the reality is in this metaphor, the do- there's no door. To the prison cell but it's dark you can't see there you have to walk into Ooh. the dark to yeah. find your way out you have to forge a new path you have to be brave and willing enough to step into the dark and to jp's list like um you have to imagine what that path could look like i mean it's hard to step if you don't have any clue where you're stepping so what are what are the goals that you're now working on that either are new to this new phase of your life or they're just re kind of invigorated because of this circumstance. Like um, so many times I'm working with, with um, parents, mothers and fathers, but dads who have been less day-to-day involved in their kids' lives because they've been focusing on their, their job and their profession. That was the role in the family. That's so common. And so an updated goal is to reprioritize themselves, their role as a dad, their day-to-day interactions with their kids. Um, that gives a purpose 
And I'm and I mean like literally writing down. I want to be. This is the kind of dad that I want to be at this place in my life, and this is what that looks like. And then that's stepping into that into the dark, down that down that path. Or I want to be even more skilled. And this might sound hard, but in relationships, you know, like I I the last one beat me up pretty bad, rightly so. But I'm not, you know, it didn't kill me. And so in what ways am I going to be better and stronger? And you can't just know that. So you have to seek out information, listen to podcasts like this one, um, read books, go on Google, talk to people that know stuff about what makes a, a, a relationship good and how can you be your best self in that context, which is unique to everybody. I mean, this is not just not one recipe. Yeah, I like that you have to have the courage to step into that dark room and know that you're going to stub your toe and know that you're going to run into a corner Mm -hmm. of a wall and just keep Mm -hmm. feeling it out and keep getting toward the light switch or the door or whatever. Um, Yeah, you keep walking and you'll find a door or a light switch. Yep. It reminds me, there was a, I was listening to something recently and they were talking about um, a guy who was uh, high ranking in um, Vietnam, uh, was captured by the North Vietnamese and spent like seven years at the Hanoi Hilton. And he was one of the few guys to last yeah. that long and get out. And they asked him, how did you get out? Or, or what, what do you attribute to, you know, surviving through that? And he said two things. Um, he had to have... Uh, undying hope that he would eventually get out and he had to have brutal acceptance of reality so you have to have undying hope that there's a door at the other end of that room but mm-hmm. you also have to brutally accept that you just stubbed your toe on something and you kind of walk around that to get out mm-hmm. <laughs> you know and it hurts yep exactly yeah it's supposed to yep yeah because otherwise how are you going to get past it. how are you going to get past that corner of the room if you don't accept yeah. that it's there and, and get around it yeah, it's really good. Um, maybe I'll list off the stuff that was uh, triggers for me, maybe things to avoid. Um, and then I want to pass the baton over to John. I uh, didn't intend for that to rhyme, but it did. Uh, it's on. It's like on. Donkey Kong. Um, it's not like Donkey Kong. Uh, so these were some of the things that triggered, I think. Um, being tired, like I said earlier, um, that was definitely high on my list. And maybe, again, John, maybe identifying your list of things that trigger – um, is, is another very, you know, remedy type of thing for yourself. So identifying what triggers it. And I would suggest avoiding these things, at least until you feel like you've gotten to the point where you can face them. Uh, a lot of people would, you know, feel like, oh, just face them. And, but, you know, just like allow yourself to heal first before you're, you're facing all these things. Um, music for some reason was a trigger for me. I I felt like every single damn song was singing about like my situation or every single song reminded me of a time when for for me, music really like kicks up emotions. You know, I'm very like emotionally connected to music for some reason. Um, so I always had a, a lot of difficulty listening to music that had lyrics or, you know, music that I had heard before that would remind me of a specific time or whatever. So I actually, I actually avoided I completely stopped listening to the radio, and like I said on, uh, Brian, you and I were, were joking about this today, but I actually said on the first episode that one of the songs that helped me the most had no lyrics. It was uh, a song called Raindrops by Silo, and I would listen to that on repeat, and I'm like, Brian, is, is this normal? And you're like, no, it's you're, you're weird. <laughs> but that's, yeah. that's going to feature yeah, prominently I... in a recent podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I, um, I said that as a joke, uh, and I don't think I totally recovered from the joke in in <laughs> in acknowledging that that you were meditating, like, and that is a very normal. Mm. We meditate every day without knowing it, yeah. like driving down the road, and you don't know, you know, you sort of don't have track of the last four miles because you were on I ninety four and you've driven it a hundred times, so you don't have to think. That's yeah. meditation. Listening to that, that song sense. on repeat is meditation. That makes sense. I'm going to anticipate a bunch of head nods when I say this one, but one other huge trigger for me is when, whenever I would bite off more than I could chew, um, I felt tons of anxiety. Like when, for some reason, when you're going through this and maybe Brian, there's a scientific reason for this. When you're going through something really challenging like this, you are automatically stretched super thin. You don't have a lot of brain power to dedicate to a lot of different things all at once. So like whenever I would have like two, three, four, five different things going on at once, it would stress me the hell out. I'd be filled and riddled with anxiety, 
depression would creep in and I don't know exactly the reason that that happens, but it, it, it does. So, mm-hmm. um, the, uh, so are you saying when, when things weren't going well, the, your feelings of depression, can you say that again? Yeah. So like normally, like I am capable of handling multiple things at once. I'm a good multitasker. I, I can like be working, answer questions from kids. I can uh, have mm-hmm. uh, the plumber coming over to look at my, my water heater. I can all these things at once and it's like no trouble at all. Yeah. But like while I was going through the thick of this, yeah. I didn't have the capacity to do like one or two yeah. things at once yeah. um, just because I was, I felt like I was stretched so thin with my, my brain power. I don't know what, what causes that. Because it's like your brain is a battery or you're it, like, it was dra- draining so fast. The draw was so um, heavy or high in just coping, you know, like just surviving Yeah. that it didn't leave a lot of, and I mean that literally almost that the energy available to your brain to cognitively process all these little kind of day-to-day menial tasks that normally are no problem. It, you just, it, it wasn't there. Yeah. I like to think of it like your, yeah. your brain is like the, you know, it's the greatest problem solving uh, device ever invented. And it's, ever. it's trying mm-hmm. to solve a problem. You are going, mm-hmm. whatever it is you're going through, your brain is good trying one. to solve it. And uh, good luck solving other problems while you're wrapped up in that. That's true. Yep. That's that a good point. It's like a, it's like a processor. It's using all of its bingo. You can only do so much. Exactly. That, that and issue. that's, and, and that's why you, that's why in our, in our initial, triage episode we're talking about getting that brain to focus on something else um getting it to focus on your body instead of on whatever the problem is that that it is perceiving right now yeah and then the the last item on the list was social media so like that was a big trigger for me so i just like not only turned off notifications but i avoided jumping onto it and and just kind of like cut that out of my life while i was unable to have the capacity for that so that's uh that's the list in its entirety you know, I, I like it that I hadn't occurred to me to talk about a list of triggers or things that might be um, just add to add to hard moments. And what this is ironic. What popped into my mind is religion. And I mean, because I think many times turning to a source of faith is is helpful, like getting reconnected with a higher power or a belief in a better world or a belief in something um, worth living for. Often that's, um, a religion or God, but not always. Uh, but I think some, I've seen people that religion like, or a practice of a religion is a trigger because it was associated with their marriage or with important moments of their past. Mm. And they just need to take a break. They need to take a break or find a different kind of focus. And I think that's really legitimate as you walk through the dark towards a new light. I think that's that's, that's incredibly point. yeah I totally fair I, it's I think so much of this it's funny you were talking about how you couldn't handle music for me music was pretty therapeutic JP and it would drink it, w- it would drum up like feelings or whatever but it was okay like I, I kind of I almost would go to certain songs or playlists or whatever looking for that um, because I was like feeling it and the music sort of helped me express it and sort through it and I think a lot of this is about <clears throat> knowing be having the presence of mind to know what is a trigger for you and what is therapeutic for you and like maybe make a list like you have there jp and writing down like okay we don't do the social media but we do do the music or whatever we do um just having the presence of mind to know what is it that made me feel like this what would make me feel better do i need to feel better do i sit and just you know groove on this for half an hour whatever Mm -hmm. i like that so that's uh i feel like i've hijacked the show quite a bit for my stuff i do want to allow john you have some things prepared i want you to um, have a chance to kind of go through some of those too and then each uh each of us brian and i will weigh in on what you have to say okay yeah um i had so when we started talking about this episode here low these many um hours ago we finally got recording i found a list of books i had made for the last podcast we the last triage podcast we did and I i thought i'd rattle off um three or four different books that i read in the early days um and kind of what I got out of those. The first one that you will hear, if you are at all in this world, if you're listening to podcasts like this or reading blogs or on the the Facebook message groups, um, is "No More Mr. Nice Guy" by Robert Glover, and that's a that's a very interesting look at 
it's it's not uh, you know it's not all of us that all, comport to the nice guy mentality, but I think there's a little bit of that in everybody that I know. It's like people pleasing, and it's uh, covert contracts where you are giving something to get something without anybody knowing that, and how frustrating and difficult that can be. And I think it's a if you know I think take out of it what what makes sense to you for me not everything about it makes you know fits my life exactly but it is interesting to read through that and and sort of see from an outside perspective here are things that work and here are things that don't and maybe these are these are some of the reasons why you feel the way you do um i don't know you guys heard of that book oh yeah 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 i think that's one of the best books out there for men specifically yeah a relationship book for men, it's uh, the title's not great. It kind of turns people off. Yep. Um, but that concept of being a nice guy, which sounds nice, um, and it feels nice, but it's actually more about self-validating. You know, the, you're looking for validation through being nice rather than being nice because you are nice. Yes. If 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 that makes sense. And the the self-validating piece is a losing strategy because it's not about someone else. It's about getting what you want via them. You know, so I'm nice to you because I want you to be nice to be in return. Um, And that's the primary motivation rather than just to be nice. Um, And and that's that covert contract that you talked about. It's like if I do the dishes, quote unquote nice, you'll have sex with me. That is a covert contract that is... You know, classic. We all know that one. Yep, exactly. I did John's dishes after Thanksgiving, and that didn't happen either. (laughs) See, you got to say it out louder. I'm not going to know. That's the whole point of the book. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, this just took a dark. I don't know. Continue. Beautiful to me. Um, Okay, (laughs) next on my list, uh, in a a, kind of in a similar vein, is Wild at Heart by John Eldritch. This is um, there's a there's a little more of a religious. twist to this one and I don't consider myself religious but I do see the value in sort of um, stories that have stood the test of time in terms of like being useful to just sort of the human psyche overall and I think this this book is interesting because it is about um, it is about men sort of uh, going out past the breakers being a little more risk-taking accepting a little more um, risk and responsibility in their life and not living such a sort of padded, um, safe existence because his summation is that that's kind of what we're designed for. And in a modern life, it's easy to live in your air conditioning and drive your um, comfortable car and listen to your podcast and sleep in a cushy bed. But uh, maybe you need to go out and take a 10-day trek, uh, you know, and backpack all your water out and live an actual difficult life, and you'll be happier for it. Sounds like a good one. I haven't read that. That's a good one. Check that one out. Um, again, similar to the No More Mr. Nice Guy and just like sort of being uh, being genuine and, and living a genuine real life, but a little more religion to that one. Um, mm-hmm. The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck by Mark Manson. <laughs> <laughs> I love that one. This is a good one. This is um, – you're going to find something similar in all of these, which is um, living – oh, sorry. My dog is munching on a bottle. Hold on. There we go. He's been a pest this whole show. Um, the uh, similar vein in most of these books is just being being genuine and being who you are and not being afraid to um, disappoint people, not being afraid to stand up for what you believe in or say what you think and living with the consequences of those things, whether you're right or wrong. If you're wrong, fine, then you learn from it. But uh, not not being so scared of the world and other people and, uh, in, and consequences and circumstances that you don't act on the things you want, that you don't try to achieve the things you want to achieve, that you don't go after your goals. Uh, subtle art of not giving a fuck. Nice. I, I've, I've, that's been on my list sort of for uh, like a decade or more <laughs> yeah. and I've never gotten to it. Um, just cause a lot of people talk about it. So I feel like I kind of know, know the concept. The, a lot of, uh, this is, this is one of these books that is, uh, like a personal story you will find in this, in this genre of books. There are a lot of personal stories where a guy, Oh, JP has been disconnected here. 
Um, oh, we, ho- hopefully he comes back. Hopefully he comes back. Well, if he if he pops back in, we'll we'll sync it all up. Um, a lot of these okay. stories are. Uh, a lot of these books are personal stories by the author, A Journey, right? So I started out as a mm-hmm. no-count kid, and I got kicked out of mm-hmm. juvie, and then um, at, at some point I figured out my problem in my late 20s and uh, you know got off my parents' couch and got back into the world or whatever. So um, yeah. Solar of Not Giving a Fuck is a little bit like that. There's another one called um, Getting to Zero by Jason Gaddis which is an okay book. It's more about negotiating conflict than anything else. And while it's probably not for somebody who's on the other side of a divorce, because there's really no negotiation uh, with your conflict, you're kind of done with that <laughs> at that point. But that's a, that's another story about a guy who was kind of uh, ne'er-do-well and kind of found himself um, like a, in, in rock climbing and just getting out into the world um, and having like um agency um in, mm. in relationships because he kind of found himself sounds good yeah that sounds good jp you back with us i'm beautiful back. yes so we were worried you okay <laughs> i'm okay yeah I, I was dropping the mic just uh count down with me from five to one okay five four five, three four two three, two one one we hit one okay good you're supposed to be on the same pace as me, you dork. That'll help me sync it back up. <laughs> you were doing it like, uh, well, I'm sure there's a delay on Zoom, so you were doing it like uh, you kept changing your oh. tempo. <laughs> well, this will this will work out fine. Um, <laughs> we might hear this. We might keep not. listening. <laughs> keep, keep listening. Keep listening. Here we go. It'll get better. <laughs> All right. What do you, what else you got in there? I have two more. I have two more book recommendations. And read read. Hear oh, here's a here's a recommendation overall. If you start reading a book, I started reading a book called Grit, and I can't even tell you who the author is, but I read the first 10 or 15 pages of this book, and that was all I needed. I shut that book, and I put it mm. away. And the, the end. It was like, it was all about telling me why grit was important. And after about 20 pages of that, is it I was the, like, no thanks. Is it Grit, The Power of Passion and Perseverance? Probably. Who's the author? Angela Duckworth. That's the one. Don't read that book. That, that book sucks. <laughs> Sorry, oh, that one wasn't good. Okay. <laughs> no, I don't like that book. Th- uh, this is my point about bringing that book up. You start reading a book and it's not doing anything for you. You you don't know yeah. that book anything. Put that book down. No. Yeah, that's true. I'm good at um, that too. Oh, good. <laughs> uh, here's a couple. Of, one is called The Four Agreements. And maybe, Brian, you can tell me about that unless it's been a while since you read it. Uh, n- n- I, it actually has been a while since I, I read the, the book, but not since I've looked at the four agreements. It's a really easy, short kind of parable, I think, if I remember right. Mm-hmm. Um, Southeastern Toltec religion, or uh, it's not Southeastern, Southwestern or Mexico. Anyways, yeah, yep. um, based on ancient traditions from the Americas, uh, the four agreements that they, the group, um, decided were important to keep their community healthy and their people healthy were to um, be, be careful with your words, be precise with your words. Yeah, don't meticulous don't s- say, what you, be, yeah. say what you mean. Don't say what you don't mean. Um, tr- you know, choose your words carefully because you don't, you know, you can take them back, but once they're said, they're said. Um, so make sure it's right. It's what you mean. It's true. It's not false. Um, so be be meticulous with your words. Number two is, um, shoot, what's number two, John? I didn't mean to spring it on you because uh, don't, I don't know them off the don't top. Don't make of assumptions. Uh, no, no. Two is d- don't take anything personally. Three is don't make assumptions. And four is always do your best, which I actually don't love. Number four, I would change the phrasing from always do your best uh to all like act in good faith um sometimes your best will feel pretty crappy um but if you're acting in good faith then your best is going to be your best and it's good enough i think that's great yep i love that uh and then another one and here's here's another one that i started and is just very long but but was helpful uh in the 60 or 70 percent of it that i read is the courage to be disliked um there's a lot of value in that book, uh, but it does keep sort of hitting the same 
the same note over and over again. So, um, yeah, that's another one that Brian yeah. recommended to me. Yeah, I like that one a lot. It's um, kind of an interesting read, but the principles are really, really, really good. Um, the other, the only other that I would add to your list, John, is called. Um, oh shoot, the author is Terry Real, Terrence Real. I don't want to talk about it. That's right. Oh, I don't want to talk about it. Never heard it. It's you, well, geez, just say. I mean, tell us the book at least. <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. All right. Well, let's move on then. By by, by, by Terry Real. Um, I th- I think I th- so. It's it's um, Terry Real is one of my favorite marriage and relationship experts, and like you said, John, everybody has a story, and he started out as a depressed male. Um, feeling very inadequate in his relationships. And so he wrote a book for men set called I Don't Want to Talk About It. Yeah, that's cool. I'm going to check that out. Um, other resources I have, and I think... <clears throat> well, I got one more book, too, since we're... Let's, let's cap off the books, and then we'll zip over to other resources. I think that might be a good place to um, bookend the podcast here, yeah, too. Yeah, hit it. But Ooh, this I, one is very, I see this what one's you very specific. <laughs> you like that? Mm-hmm. You like that? I'm glad you caught that. Most most people around me don't catch those things. I'm, I'm very some of us just don't mention it. <laughs> yeah, they don't encourage me. This one is was very specific to my situation, but for those listeners out there that may be experiencing the same thing, if there's cheating going on, um, this book, um, auth- uh, there was the author is Tracy Shorn. It's called Leave a Cheater, Gain a Life, and it was. Huh crazy how frequently during the reading of this book that i was like whoa because like she hits the nail on the head on so many points um the behaviors that you are seeing the ones that you expect how to like how to basically like react to what's happening um if there's cheating going on it's like it is unbelievably dead on so like it was really cool to to be able to read that and have something to use to relate. What's the so. format there, JP? Is it is it short? Is it digestible? What's is it personal stories? What is it exactly? Yeah, really short and it's very like lighthearted, quirky um, stories about and I I don't think she's I don't know if she's a professional. I think she's a professional. And she just goes through a bunch of stories like here's a story about, you know, you know, this person, but it's it's all very specific things like this is exactly what you should do if the person that is cheating on you is saying or trying to like feed you a line of bullshit. Mm. This is exactly what you should do. And it's like it's a it's a very specific anecdotal, um, quick, quirky, um, and sometimes even just downright lewd. There's lots of cursing. It's hilarious. <laughs> um, there's even like little illustrations um, in every few pages if you're reading the physical book. Um, I loved it. It was phenomenal. And it's kind of like illustrations. it seemed like it was initially geared, to- uh, geared towards women, but um, I got a ton out of it personally. Yeah, so. I think uh, when we talk about my podcast recommendations, you're going to find there's a lot of them that are geared toward women, but are super helpful. Hey, look, women are just more focused on this space. I think a lot of guys just go somewhere else to try to solve yeah. these problems, and women really are focused on like talking these things out, and they do. There's some really great relationship podcast for women that are just as helpful for us mm-hmm. should i get into that should Moving i segue on. into that yeah that's segue you just segue cool well i'll segue into the a couple of lady podcasts by ladies who are great at talking about relationships lady, lady stuff. stuff the first one i'll talk about is another recommendation from brian called where should we begin by esther perel uh esther perel is like I don't know, one of the greatest relationship minds on the planet, Brian? By quite a ways. I just think she's brilliant in understanding modern relationships and the demands and uh, keys to success. Yeah, so these the, some of these podcasts will be um, relationship ones. Some of them will just be life ones, whatever. But uh, this one specifically is helpful because uh, she sits down with a couple and they they have like a single three hour session, and then they edit it down to like a one hour, one and a half hour podcast, mm-hmm. and you get to hear some very similar uh, problems, very similar relationship problems to what you will have experienced. You will hear a a true like um, expert in the field break them down and uh, uh, ask pertinent questions about where these 
these problems arise. Um, and it's, it's incredible for me, at least it was incredibly therapeutic to hear, uh, other people having the same problems I have and be able to look at it from outside and, and see like where, where these things start and where they go. Um, yeah, that's a good show. That's cool. I actually had forgotten that you had listened to that. That's yeah. I, I, I eat that stuff up. Love it. Same. Yep. Um, another great podcast about relationships by a lady is called Jillian on love. Uh, and this is another woman who is in the, in the business. Um, I think she's been a, like a, a counselor or therapist for 20, 25 years and has, you know, loved and lost like all of them have. And she has, she just sits and does a monologue there. I think she's got a couple that have interviews on them, but most of the, most of the shows are just her talking about relationships and talking about the problems that come up, talking about, uh, why and how it's okay to have the feelings you have. Uh, just another incredibly therapeutic and well thought out um, show about relationships. What's that called again? Jillian. Jillian on love. J I L L I A N. Okay. Um, okay. A couple more here. Uh, I talked about Jason Gaddis before. Um, his book is called Getting to Zero. I read some of it. I didn't find it incredibly useful in my case, but I can see how it would be helpful if you are somebody who, who has uh, conflict with a boss or a coworker, or you're still in your relationship and trying to sort it out. Um, but he does have a podcast called The Relationship School, and that is uh, uh, another incredibly helpful podcast about relationships. Uh, he is a, a therapist. He um, has some guests on, but also has shorter, more digestible stuff that he talks about. Um, issues with relationships, things that, uh, he comes at it obviously from, a from a, a man's perspective, but you know, um, is a, is a third party observer to an awful lot of relationship problems. And, uh, again, just therapeutic to listen to, to other people's issues and see yourself in them and, and know you're not the only one that has these problems and hear actionable advice. Mm-hmm. Um, Okay, one of my favorites, the Prof G Pod with Scott Galloway. This is this guy. <laughs> he has a phrase uh, where when he st- so his his podcast is mostly centered around business, but he always slips in some uh, just life advice stuff in there too. Algebra of happiness is one of his segments um, where he just talks about uh, little life hacks to making yourself uh, feel better and just living a better life. He, the people he talks to, he usually describes them as blue flame thinkers. Um, he'll talk to um, Ashwath Damodaran, who is a, I think, an economics professor at NYU, and he'll say, "This guy's a real blue flame thinker." But I think, hmm. in like the world of life, I think Scott Galloway is a blue flame thinker. I think he thinks about everything deeply. I think he's a, he he goes into statistics and numbers and is incredibly well researched and um, has. He has he has uh, he has expertise in a in a broad range of different um, different topics, and I think he brings all of that together in a really interesting way. And when you are tired of listening to people talk about relationships, but you still want to hear somebody who has like a zest and a passion for life, and truly is only interested in people being their best self, the Scott Galloway podcast is a pretty damn good listen. Love Good it. stuff. I'm um uh man the man enough podcast. That's uh that's what I'll leave here. I think we're we're gonna want to probably end this soon, but I'll just drop. Yep, that, in. that was gonna be on my list. <laughs> I just started listening to that podcast on Brian's recommendation, and I love that show. That's uh that's another good one that hits a couple of different angles that we may or may not hit here, and uh, a good backlog of episodes with a good bunch of guests, including Scott Galloway. Check out the Scott Galloway podcast of the man enough podcast and you will uh, be thankful for it and don't worry if you don't if you try to check any of these podcasts out and you disagree with us and don't like them that's no problem i won't won't be offended at all i will be a little bit (laughs) it was my list why would you be offended by my list i'm easily offended (laughs) i don't want to talk about it i don't want to talk about it just like the (laughs) book 
Just like the books and just like the journaling methods and just like everything else, all of this is going to take a level of self-awareness to know what is working for me and what's not. Why do I feel like this? And uh, boy, if that's not a metaphor just for life overall, I don't know what is. Uh, that's a good point. Like your jo- journey. John, you were you leaned yeah. heavily on podcasts. I did zero podcasts. They were not part of my combination. Mm-hmm. Yep. Your journey from here to the end of your life is what works for me and what doesn't. Dial it in. Mm-hmm. Trifecta. Dial it in. Yep. Find your trifecta. I like it. Um, is that kind of like the um, the list of resources? Do we have any other uh, items that we want to cover before we close things down? I think we're ready to close it up. Let's Good close it talk. up. I'm going to give, once again, I'm going to give Brian a, mim- a minute to kind of like come up with this burning question of the podcast, Brian Burns' burning question. Um, before I, I pass it over to you for that, I, I do have two final recommendations that I, I came across on another email draft that I want to give to any listeners that are out there, especially Jim. It, it This one kind of goes for these first couple weeks after D-Day, like John said. We still haven't come up with a cl- clever name for that. We'll have to continue to noodle it. After D-Day, first couple weeks, you're, you're going to find that you're gonna, you want to help. Like if you have kids or friends or family members that lean heavily on you, you're going to find it, it um, you're going to want to gravitate towards continuing to help them, but do not dismiss helping yourself first. It's in my best analogy. I don't know if I heard this or if I thought of this or dreamt about it, maybe it's like the, the uh, safety announcement on an airplane. When they say that the cabin may lose pressure in the event of this, of this happening, oxygen masks will come down from the ceiling. Please make sure you secure your own mask before helping others. So for me, that rings true. Like you have to really focus on yourself in these first few weeks before you're able to, uh, you know, stretch yourself out enough to be able to help your kids through this, your friends, your family, whoever uh, else needs those that help. Focus on yourself. That's like my biggest recommendation. And this is kind of like a meditation thing. I'm gonna see a head nod from John. I wish the listeners out there could see these things because we we always have kind of funny stuff happening on the video here, but. Maybe when we go this premium, we'll, re- we'll release the cloud recording of our Zoom. There you go. Nonsense. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Our uh, our behind the scenes only fans. I don't think it works that way, but it could maybe it does. <laughs> um, this one is is kind of comes from meditation. Um, Sam Harris is John and, and my favorite um, guided Brian's meditation. Too. Brian's yep. too nice. Mm-hmm. It's uh, uh, the waking up app. In case you, uh, I think I, we talked about it the first episode, but there it is again. He always says, don't be afraid to begin again. Like if you find yourself getting distracted, like this is usually during, during a guided meditation session. And this, this is a great life lesson. If you find yourself getting off course, you find yourself getting distracted, thoughts are pouring in, observe them, let it happen, but never be afraid to begin again. And I think that's a great life analogy too. And, and, and like the funniest analogy came up, John, you and I were at the burrow, this indoor playland. And yeah. There's a, there's a, it's, there's a lot of games, like the kids are playing, but they also have like some stuff for adults. There was like axe throwing and stuff like that. Uh, but one of the games for adults that was near the tables was Hammerschlagen. And, and for those listeners that have never played it before, you're trying to pound a nail into a big chunk of wood in as few swings as you possibly can with a 2.5 pound cross peen hammer, the backside of it though. Not the th- thick side you'd normally hammer a nail in, but the back side of it, the, uh, the thin Like the, the thin round? Part. The sharp side. It's got like a chisel. Yeah, the sharp oh, side. the claw. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, it's not a claw. It's and just a even, chisel yeah, end. Yeah. Okay. The cross peen okay. hammer just has like a, yeah, just like a chisel end. And, you, and, you, and it's really huh. difficult to hit the nail on the head. Wow. No pun intended. <laughs> um, but occasionally when I, when I play it, because I love the game, you'll, you, you'll hit your nail off center and it'll get so bent that you just, like, you have to give up and, you know, begin again basically put the nail back in straight start from scratch it's so much easier than trying to sit there and act like an idiot trying to hammer away at a bent nail that's just not going to happen take it out straighten it begin again start over and that and that's like uh my kind of like analogy for life just like if you're finding yourself faced with these difficult things in your life this bad weather take that nail out and just begin again i love that that's uh our, our buddy scott on tiktok had uh, a recent video like yesterday where he said no matter how far down the wrong path you get you can always turn around we got to use him as a resource we got to find that that should be on this podcast too we'll have show notes eventually and that'll there'll be a link to scott on tiktok follow scott on tiktok very inspirational stuff all right now i want the listeners hammer yep there you go 
I want Kim don't and Jim. Don't hammer a bent nail. Like it. <laughs> don't yeah. hammer a bent Go nail. Go ahead. I want Kim and Jim, uh, the, our two listeners right now, to um, just get on the edge of your seat and turn your volume up a little bit and prepare yourself for the Brian Burns burning <laughs> question funny. of the podcast. Um, why don't you want to talk about it? That's the, that's, <laughs> I don't want to talk that's about it. No, <laughs> that's good. Just, I'm just that's actually really good. Um, my uh. So my wife won a air fryer in a raffle. So my burning question is, what the heck do you use an air fryer for? Oh, I've man. heard about it for um, months. Can I answer and it years. first? Go. Yep. Um, Please. My answer. If is, you want to talk about it. My answer. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> my answer is fucking everything. <laughs> you cook. <laughs> you have kids. You're putting everything in that thing. It goes fast. It doesn't have to heat up. Everything comes out healthy and crispy and delicious. You can put all of anything that can fit in there. You're going to want to cook in there. All of it. And, and just uh, I've done burgers in there, chicken breast, um, like si- simplest thing, like uh, chicken nuggets, pizza rolls, all those fried things. Like it's all good. All of it. Uh-huh. What about that boy mole horse dessert you guys make? Is that going to be okay in there? <laughs> mole. <laughs> horse boy, mole. mole horse dessert. Yeah, it's delicious. I don't know. Like, there's only one step in cooking it too. It's just like it's the next step, and I, I can never finish the uh, the instructions because I'm just looking at the next step. So interesting. Yeah. Never got okay. yourself out of that forest. Thank and that's you. good. That was since that was a burning question because you're cooking things. That makes total sense. Mm-hmm. Does actually? Like that? Yeah. <laughs> so so then I my final thoughts for the uh, this episode are feelings are not permanent. Feelings are, are feelings, and they typically are pretty fleeting, actually. So just wait a moment. Just walk a few steps, and you probably feel different. And this too shall that. pass. Yep. No one in recorded history has ever felt the same way for their entire life. No one. <laughs> Not once. It's, it's a fact. Awesome. Yeah, except for, like, f- fish, when they, they, have, they only have one thought for their whole lives, and they forget it, and then they fish die. Fish aren't people, JP. That's my that's oh, yeah, my final that's right. thought. Fish aren't no people. Do, I don't do want to talk about. <laughs> I don't want to talk about. Do it. fish have thoughts? <laughs> yeah. What's my name? Where's my hat? And then it resets. Where's my hat? Where's my hat? Yeah. And then they just keep doing that again. That's how it goes. Wow. No wonder they're so delicious. <laughs> but ignorance is bliss. You know, they never have difficult things like this, and hence yeah. no need for yeah. a podcast like this either. I no, guess. I so, haven't seen yeah. one. They just never find never that seen hat. A fish do a podcast. <laughs> where's my hat? Podcast. <laughs> That's all we got for you guys. We appreciate you, Kim and Jim, and any others that may have joined for listening this week. Make sure you double-check us on Twitter again, at BedWeatherPod. And make sure, like I said, DMs are open. I think I said this in the very first episode. Our DMs are open. If there's a topic or a subject that you want to cover um, or have us cover, we'd love to do like some sort of mailbag type of episode or like little uh, segment portion of, of each podcast. Definitely. So feel free to shoot us messages, Anything that, any thoughts you have on the podcast, things that uh, we should improve on, like if it's uh, – if it's me, if I'm talking too much or something like that, feel free to give us any sort of uh, feedback. We'd love to hear from you. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time. Uh, Kim, Bye. Kim, lay off on Jim. You, you can only load the dishwasher so many ways, and, and uh, it's okay to load it wrong. <laughs> Jim doesn't want to talk about it. <laughs> Bye. Bye. I want to forget my bad days, all my bad days, and be okay, and be okay. Spend my spare change down at Everything sucks.